Welcome in to Free Skate Friday. Uh, the not Free Skate Friday. It feels a little bit like Free Skate Friday because it's a Saturday. Apologies. The Abs just played the Vegas Golden Knights. Unfortunately, they lost 4-3 in overtime, but AJ, I think you agree with me. There's nothing to be sad about. The only takeaway majorly I have from that game is I cannot wait for the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> One day at a time. <laughs> but I mean, look, let's be if that's if that's a preview of the Western Conference Finals, we're gonna have a really, really good series on our hands. Yep. Um unfortunately it didn't go their way today, but you really between Robin Leonard's brilliance and the fact that Colorado's big guns still really haven't gotten going. Yep. I'm not I'm just not feeling that bad about it. Um cool. so Here's the thing about the Colorado's big guns not going. They look dangerous as hell. Rantanen is literally millimeters from having a three-point game in this one. So it could have very easily been the breakout game for the Avs top line, and it just it didn't quite get put together. But you're not too worried about them either. Yeah, and like 3v3, v losing in 3v3 is what Colorado does. I don't know yeah. why. I don't know why. It makes no sense to me. But it, we're here. And they're now done playing 3v3 until next season. No moss. Yep. No more of that junk at five on five. Uh, this was an interesting and kind of weird game. I thought it was very good. But let's start with the obvious here. And we don't have to... S- stay on this for long, but this was an incredibly weirdly refed game from the first <laughs> penalty on McKinnon for yapping too much all the way through to overtime where after having called two phantom interferences, dudes were just dragging each other down in three on three without any calls happening. It it, it, it was very bizarrely officiated. Um, I don't, I don't like to, you know, I don't like to spend very much time hammering away on officials because it's a hard job. Um, we don't know what, what they're seeing in real time. We see the game from our view, and they have a very different angle on things. You just don't know what they're seeing. But, dude, <laughs> can we stop making up interference penalties? Right. The... Like, the first one I could see where the guy, the where the There's referee that's... There, right, yeah. He's in, if you think, he's in the corner, and I don't know which, which referee actually called that penalty, but if the one that's in the corner is the one who raised his hand, he's seeing from behind those two players. He's not seeing the camera right. angle that we saw on the one replay we got we got to... All, we, were, we were actually given. All the ref sees is Don Skoy swoops across his line. Right. And the guy and, goes down. Right. He doesn't see that there's actually no physical contact there. Right. Yeah. Um, but that's so like I could see where he would see where he he could call that one again, depending on which official called it. Um, but it ultimately like these things don't matter. The 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 fact is is that they gave up they gave up a goal in three on three, they gave up a penalty shot goal. Uh, they had a goal that went that's it was an accidental deflection. It yep. wasn't even like one where like the Duchesne goal yesterday where he slapped it and it was very obviously it intentional. Hit his stick. Yeah. It hits it hits his it hits his shaft in between his hands <laughs> and so. and goes in. Like they're they caught the big, big breaks in this game. And uh, when when you're talking about the fact that Colorado still outshot them. 
still outchanced them um, and, and survived with their really blah special teams. Honestly, it's just, Look, they, the first, they played a B minus game today and almost got the A plus result. I think a B minus is fair. I also think the Avs were the better team through the first forty minutes. I, they just couldn't get a bounce. They yeah. hit four posts. <laughs> it's Vegas got a little bit lucky with getting the first goal of the game, and and the Avs had a counter punch for everything Vegas had to offer until they got to a part of the game that doesn't exist in the real playoffs. So. Yeah, it the abs matched them in a very strange game. And that's not to say this Abs certainly had plenty of mistakes. Look, they went one for six on the power play, including a failed five on three. They had their opportunities to take this game by the horns and run away with it. And they didn't. But that's what you expect when you play another good team. Yeah, um, that's that's the other thing that we got to consider in this game, too. Uh, Vegas, Vegas is really good and they were also on the ice. Um, so all of the comparisons to the Dallas game, look, part of the reason the Dallas game happened is because Dallas was part of that. Uh, they, they weren't going to give, they weren't going to smash Vegas like they did Dallas. Right. The, that's just two, two teams that were just too good. Uh, just going at each other and, I mean, there's there's so many ways you can look at this game. You scored three goals on a Robin Leonard that was on fire. Yeah. And you still sure. managed to get three by him. Um, a hard three task. Junk goals. Yeah. Dirty, like, greasy, like, ugly. All three were the exact same goal mouth scrambles, just putting pucks into the net. None of them are, uh, you know, there's no, there's, there's nothing particularly fortunate. There's nothing controversial. There's, they're not pretty. They're not high skill goals. They're, they're just greasy. Find ways to bang pucks into an empty net. All right. Before we get into the minutia here, AJ, give me the biggest positive for the Avs. DraftKings king of the game for this one. It's definitely Chris Rooney. <laughs> okay. He was the star of the show. He made sure that he was star of the show. Well. Give me an Av. I think we need an Av officially. Um, I know it's tough. I mean, every guy that you could say one nice thing about, you could say two negative negatives about. as well. And yeah, I know it's tough because like Comfer and Donskoy each scored goals, and they both got crushed. Yeah, they their line struggled. They got crushed at even strength today. I, um, McKinnon, McKinnon scored and he had two penalties. Yep. They might've, they might've been made up, but they but, were two penalties. Um, I, I really don't, you know, I'm, I'm tempted to go with Kadri because again, you think big, a big, a big moment. He was huge. You think Kadri over Miko? Miko was too casual in overtime for my liking. I, I I'm with you. We you and I apparently uh, accidentally are the only two people who think Miko actually was really close to being awesome today. Uh, Dude, but he was awesome that thing. He was in overtime. It was way too casual. I wanna I wanna see that dude understand that he is the biggest baddest dude around when it comes to ha- when he can when it also comes to actually trying to play hockey and not just being big and. 
that he can do whatever the hell he wants. He needs an attitude adjustment in three-on-three, something fierce. That I dude mean, needs to understand that he is the big moose. They don't call him that as an ironic name. We gonna we gonna get to the three on three, but I, so I, I'm comfortable I'm, going with Kadri. I'm I'm I would give it to Kadri. I mean, I think he only had an assist today, but he, he two, was all he over two. the place. He had two assists. Yep. Okay. See, great. He had two assists, and it should have been it should have been the game tying goal off the crossbar there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Nazem Kadri, king of the game, with two assists, had five shots on goal as well, plus one. And Hard to argue is continuing that second that second line like shutdown line yeah. just keeps they they're Chugging they right have along. they are a revelation. They I think they have changed Colorado's complexion as as a the, I think they've changed their whole forward core. I think it has transformed it into something different, something that is going to be a lot harder to attack, especially when you are ultra mediocre like Arizona. Yeah. Uh, Officially, Avs are second seed based on this loss, and they will face Arizona in round one. We mm-hmm. saw some questions in the live chat talking about Arizona. I can't find it now, but essentially, how worried are you about Arizona? Not. Um, I will. I will say, uh, as this process continued to evolve, uh, I've said a bunch of times I wanted Vancouver, so I clearly yep. wasn't afraid of them. I'm definitely not afraid of Chicago. They suck. Um. <laughs> And and Calgary beat a compromise a severely compromised Winnipeg team, so we really don't know. And and they it was still it was still a struggle for them to beat the Jets. So I those were those were the three teams where I was like they will blow those three out. Arizona is the only one that made me a little bit nervous. Uh, I was also their only believer going into it. So naturally, I'm the one who's nervous about them. But it's really just about Darcy Kemper. The guy has been totally on fire for a year now. Like Jordan Bennington, but even better. So I'm nervous about Kemper. They are they are ultra opportunistic. They're the Arizona is not like a that's that's what they are. They are opportunistic. They're that that's the best way to describe them. Uh yeah. I given the weapons the abs have High-end goaltending is just not something I'm super worried about on a team like Arizona where I don't believe they have the high-end defense to keep up with what the Avs offer up front. I just don't think they can. And and Kemper, look, yeah. a, a goalie can do a lot. A goalie can absolutely steal a series, but the he Avs are going to come. The Avs are going to pour it on, and Arizona, I don't think, can put what they need around Kemper to win a series. Yeah, I mean, they just did, though. That's my problem, is that Nashville Nashville beat them down, and Kemper is the reason that they're here today. Because, I mean, they had 50 shots on goal, man. Nashville also has been markedly talked about having a finishing problem this season. Yeah, fair enough. Like, I Nashville, does Nashville have Colorado's Skill level? No. But Nashville did what Colorado is going to look to do. It's just goaltending. Goal I mean, look at look at the game today. Yeah. Like call, call again, a B minus game, and Robin Leonard was the difference in that game. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. If the Avs 
bring their B plus game, I think Arizona's a non threat, even with a hot goaltender. Yeah, we'll get to projection predictions on that. And it's that coming, stuff coming on Monday. Monday. Coming yeah. Monday. We do need to take our first period break here. It's a Saturday, so we're just no break. Forget it. We'll just jump right into the second yeah. period. Let's we'll talk about goaltending. Get into that's this. what people care about. Philip Grubauer, he gives up four in the game. Can't really fault him on certainly not the first goal, was a ridiculous deflection. Uh, second goal ended up being a whole mess, which do we want to get into the second goal now? Sure. Okay. Allie, I don't know if the clips are ready, but the goalie interference clip. So we'll see here on the replay uh, when it comes back around. Very odd situation where Grubauer 100% overplays the puck, and, and you're going to see him slide well outside the crease to the left here. And he's he's way out of position. But there's three dudes in his crease, including a Vegas player, and there is no route for him to get back into the crease and make a reasonable save, which personally I understand Yes, there are abs there that are somewhat blocking Carrier in, but at the same time, what is a defenseman supposed to do? Just leave a dude in the crease undefended? Or, like, why does the crease exist if a Vegas player can go right to the crease, stand there, and not have to move out of the way of a goalie trying to get back to make a save? That's my question. Is there is there a way that we can? Why does the crease exist? Is a great like existential question. <laughs> um, is there a way that we can? Uh, Allie, can you play one of the go to the the first? I think the first replay. I can sort it out. Give me one sec. Um, just because um, the reason why I don't think this is interference, and, and I got it, Rita. I why I don't think that this is this was challenged is because it one thousand percent starts out as interference, right? Yep. When you watch this first replay and you see Carrier literally just setting up shop, right? Just walks right into the crease and stands there. Yeah, Carrier is just chilling, and like this definitely starts out as interference because watch Carrier right here; he's just yep. hanging out. It clearly in the crease, clearly. In but then that way. that right there is why I think they did not challenge but, is because he clears out. But can we run it back one more time? Because Grubauer tries to make a save through Carrier. Yeah. Like he attempts to make a save that he's not able to get across all the way on, which he normally would be, and then can't recover to get up against the post. Right. But then at that point, the guy that's in his way is not Carrier. It's Nieto. Sure, but it, it's about the recovery. It's not about who's in his way at that point. Because he couldn't get all the way across initially because of Carrier being in the way, there wasn't enough time to recover there. I think I think that where they didn't challenge, and obviously I'm not sitting in the presser right now, so I can't ask Bedner about it. But where they didn't where they didn't challenge is because Carrier cleared out and right. I mean, you see it even on that angle there. He's he's out of the way, and you'll see that there's a there's a period of time between where Carrier is no longer part of the equation, and sure. when the puck actually goes in the net. And I think that's look. This is why I'm saying I don't think I don't think they challenged because of that gap. I might I might have still rolled the dice, especially because goaltender interference is who Just the hell knows. Flip, yeah. 
but that's if even even in the best of situations, it's a coin flip. It is a 50-50 at best most of the time because we don't we, goal, goaltender interference. It, it it has become such a such an erratically called yeah that uh, Ryan Shrug right there was a perfect example of goalie interference basically and 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 really it, at that point you're taking the chance you either you're flipping the coin and it and it stays tied you're flipping the coin and not only do you not win it but now you're on the PK again which hadn't right. been very good to that point so you're taking you're you're rolling a, it's it's a very high high risk high reward play. I, and and I just I I think that at that point the, it was early enough in the game. It's just a one goal I, deficit, and it was one that they erased anyway. Yeah, I look. I get the risk and not taking the challenge. That's just a play. I would love a definitive answer from the NHL on how do they rule because he clearly interfered with him. It's just a question of was the recovery time there? Was he allowed to recover? Um, and. I really don't think he was, but regardless. And look, I can understand the argument. I'm, I'm not. I, I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know if it was interference or not. Um, I really, I just don't know. And I, regardless of interference or not, the Abs had three, four, five chances to clear a rebound there, and it's a non-issue. Not to the, mention, the Abs literally had three guys in the crease, which was yeah. part of the problem, and they still allowed a puck to dribble in. Right. Nikita Zadorov got benched after that because he refuses to put hands on a man. Beyond the fact that McKinnon was in the penalty box in the first place because he talked back to the ref. But um, anyway, the point that we were trying to get to before we tangented it off about goalie interference is, is Grubauer still the man for round one, game one? Looks okay. like a lot of people like Frankie. Yeah, well, of course, because the game just ended yeah, and yeah. there were four goals scored and they lost. I I mean, yes, recency bias for sure, but I I would stick with Groob. Me too. You have a penalty shot goal. You have a deflection goal, which he had no chance on. You had whatever that was. And then you had yeah. an overtime in the dying seconds in which the Avs gave up a, a brutal play. And, like, look, like, did on the first goal or on the second goal, did he, did he overplay it? Absolutely. Yeah. He tends to do that in that situation. We've seen him do it a number of times. We've seen him do it twice in the bubble alone because he did it against Minnesota and got away with it then. So I'm, I'm, I mean, he's not without, it's, it's not like you can look at Grubauer and say he's, he's completely without fault here, but be honest about what happened. So one, there is no way Frankie stops the first goal. That's out of the question. And penalty yeah, shots. Right. What does Frankie do differently there? Right. Penalty shots are penalty shots. Players yeah. score on them league-wide about 25% of the time. That's just what happens. Um, I think it's actually a little higher. Is it up to like 30, 33? I think, yeah. yeah, I think it's like, I think it's low 30s, but one more. Four, one out of four, one out of three, somewhere. <laughs> yeah, we're, t- we're talking about the difference of like six goals league-wide. Yeah. Um, so that's, that just is what it is. Sometimes you get beat on those. So the second goal is a nonsense play. And what has Frankie done that Grubauer has it? You can say you got a shutout against Dallas. We talked about that on previous episodes. You can go yeah. look that up if you want to, if you want to really dig into that, but Grubauer is still here to be the number one. 
if he goes <laughs> out and lays an egg, but uh, well, it and, is- and it wasn't like Grubauer didn't make some big saves. Look at overtime, mm-hmm. multiple big saves in overtime before the one that ultimately went in the net. Uh, it and again, we'll get to the overtime in a second, but I want to I want to save that for for a little bit later because we, we have do a clip have of it. I of have the a overtime? clip of the goal, but okay. I don't I don't have a clip of. Uh, the ass refusing to shoot the puck. Anyway, okay. that's fine. I was just I was curious what we had. <laughs> yeah, uh, but let's we kind of jumped ahead a little bit. Let's Sorry. go back to the Avs' first goal here because we talked about how greasy they were. The Avs' first one was just as messy as Vegas' second one. Uh, you jump into the play here, and uh, you'll see it starts off great. The Avs rip one off the post. The play continues on with the puck floating through the air, and the abs end up just everybody crashes down low. It's mass chaos, and eventually it comes over to McKinnon, who throws a backhand spinorama in that Leonard almost saves. You'll see that on the replay. Leonard actually gets a piece of this, but it just manages to trickle in off of Nathan McKinnon, kind of being in the right spot at the right time. And in a lot of ways, it felt like this is what it was going to take to beat Robin Leonard in this game. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's that little touch right there by Kadri, I think, was really good, too. Uh, underrated play the by recognition, him. Recognition, yeah. Yeah. And I don't I don't know that he I don't I don't think he was necessarily trying to pass it. I think he was trying to move it to his forehand. But getting the puck in the middle of the ice when there's a goal mouse scramble like that is always good. Dangerous area is always a good place to be. Exactly. For sure. It's 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 like it's funny because it's you're trying to make a dangerous play, but it's a safe play from your perspective to always move the puck into the middle like that. Yep. Um, that's just good hard work, man, and good hard work by all those guys. And Miko, uh, first of all, Makar tattooed that post, yeah, ripped it, and then second, Miko makes a great play there, a, an underrated great play in that scramble to come out of it and then throw that backhand, make the little move and then get the backhand uh, shot that he got on it. It's kind of of part of his day. Yeah. Hard to, hard to argue with some, some quality play there. Um, And it was great to see like your stars are working that hard. It's. I've had a weird feeling about the abs and. I think the whole DNVR crew honestly was feeling it in the first game against uh, St. Louis that the Avs ended up winning. At times, it feels like they're undershooting the puck. But then you go look at the statistics, and the Avs had 35 shots on goal in this game. They outshot (laughs) Vegas 35 to 26. Yeah. So maybe it's not that they're undershooting the puck, but it feels like at times they're trying to make one pass too many. They're giving up quality shot opportunities to make the perfect play. And that's exactly what this wasn't. This was throw the puck towards the net, get people to dangerous areas, make something happen. Yep. So they found some success continuing on through this game with that play. And at times it still felt like they couldn't get away from it. That being said, Miko Rantanen was on fire with his passes. I mean, he was firing saucer passes left and right in this game. He, he could have had three or four assists. Straight up. And I thought I thought that I feel like we're right on the verge of the big Miko breakout. Yep. The, I mean, not, the Miko four-point game. Not just three or four assists, but he ripped a one-timer that nicked the post and then went an incredible save by Leonard as well. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, which can we can we can we just tackle this pow this this whole the power play is terrible. They had one truly terrible power play yeah. today. At in the third period. Yeah. It they was had, where they awful. couldn't even get into the zone and it yep. was brutal. But beyond totally, that totally totally bad. But the otherwise the five on three, that's they score on the five on three if Leonard doesn't make that great save on Miko. Yep. They score on that. They had eight shots on goal through six power plays. You erase the the one terrible one that's eight shots on goal through five power play opportunities. Yeah. And, and we said we would take one out of five every game. Yep. And they, they not only did they do that, but they were very close to two. Yeah. They were very close to two, and they kept it even. Vegas went one for four on their side, and their one was the ridiculous deflection goal. So it's not – Great. It's not pretty, but it got the job done. So just for the differences in the two power plays between what they actually produced. So they each got a goal, right? Yep. But Colorado had six actual shots on goal and Vegas had three. Uh, Colorado had 14 shot attempts. Vegas had 12. So is that that's power five on four only. Right? Yep. That's five. That's just five on four. So at tack on a couple more for Colorado's five on three and scoring chances, eight to one. Uh, the ads gave up the one scoring chance uh, against, but they had eight, four on their power plays. Vegas had three scoring chances, high danger chances. The ads created four. The golden Knights had one and that's just five on four. Yep. Their power play was legitimately dangerous in, in this game. Normally, those numbers are not like that. Normally, it's like they had five power play opportunities and they had like four shots on goal. Right. And you're like... They had two power plays with none and it's... Ugh. Right. And and like they were just okay on the others. This was a power... This was a game where the power play was good. It was dangerous. Yep. It, had, it was one that was just truly bad. But they were one great save away from multiple power play goals. Again... They look, you already said it, but if they're not playing Robin Leonard in this game, I think they probably win, if not run away with it. Yeah. So, and it wasn't like Colorado didn't have their chances. You know, Belmar blows a breakaway in the yep. third. Yep. It, it wasn't a clean breakaway. It wasn't like he had all day to do whatever he wanted. Doesn't even get a shot on goal. Put that thing up top. They hit four posts again. Like, they, you know, were, they were, they had their chances in this. This was not like Vegas ran them out of the building and the abs hung on for dear life. Right. They had their chances. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what to say. They, it was, Again, it was a they, good game. It was a really good game. It was a close game. The margin of error was one great shot from Alex Tuck in overtime. Yep. They matched them goal for goal. I think we have the Evs second goal here. Um, with Don Skoy ended just to just to show again another goal after this is the first goal again. Uh, but we have this is this is see what I love about this is that this is all hard work. Yep, and this is a these line are, that got dominated during the game, but still well, came like something like this. These are these are these are sort of hybrid players, right? Like they're yep. not good enough offensively to be hardcore top six guys. Uh, but they're not they're not like your Calverts and your Belmars and your Nietos. They're not dedicated fourth line guys. They have the These talent to finish, yeah. And for them to put in this kind of work 
and for it to be dirty like this and grit and all three of them make great plays. Yep. Burakovsky gets in here. He's taking on two guys. They fish out the puck. JT makes a great move to the net. Across the far side. Definitely. And the patience, because he could have shot that. He could have just gotten it and shot it. He makes a great move uh, to, to open Leonard up and to try and give himself a chance. It doesn't work out. But he creates a great scoring chance. And Donskoy, again. Johnny on the spot to be in the right position to capitalize yeah. on a great play from his teammates. Gets done helping fish that puck out from behind the net and goes to the net. And where, what does he have? What happens? He finds the puck waiting for him, just bangs it home. It's gr- That's great line play. Yep. That's great line play. And that's that's just the kind of hardworking, greasy goal that separates teams in the postseason because that's you're not you going win. to get a lot of skill goals. Those goals are how you win one-goal games, just Absolutely. straight up. That it's how it gets the job done. So it's it's that man, but it's it, it's I I love the resiliency because there were three different times. How, imagine imagine if you're on the other side of this, you keep you keep taking leads. You're up one nothing. You're up two one. You're up three two, and this team just will not freaking go away. Like yep. if it had if if I think if overtime had been five on five, the Avs win this game. I agree one hundred percent. Um third period of the game, third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast here. I will say, I do think there was a notable drawback from the Avs in the third period. I think the Vegas hyper-aggressive forechecking style and speed particularly caught up with them in their own zone. I think the defense struggled heavily not just to defend against that, but to break the puck out for the Avalanche. And I think Vegas warmed down a little bit. I do. Then that ultimately, I think, is what led to the third goal by Vegas. Which, granted, look, Ryan Graves gave up a bad penalty. You just cannot get caught like that 2-2 in a third period. You, you cannot give that up. But so this, is, this is a problem with Graves, man. He's yep. a bad skater. This is the shootout goal here. Um you can see Marge's show, great shot. Hard to fault anyone on that one. He walks in and rips it. You're muted. It's so good. Yeah. Don't give a guy like that a penalty shot, I think. Yeah. Is the name of the game on that one, basically. Like, that's, I mean, look at that's. Yeah. That's a great shot. So, and someone in the chat earlier was asking, and. and is there any is there any thought to just giving up the breakaway and not giving him the penalty shot on it? Totally. Yeah. Because it well, in a penalty shot, the guy has time to he has time exactly. to stop and think and on, on the fly, you know that guy's tracking and just, you down. Yeah. You don't yeah, right. He doesn't he doesn't he doesn't know where somebody is behind him. He doesn't know he's not he doesn't know what kind of heat he's got. Everything is rushed and Grubauer's Grubauer's it's pretty much the same thing for him. He just you just gotta read it and hope that you get a piece of it. I would almost always prefer to give up the break with the only the I, only way that I would do that uh is the only the only way I would be cool with the penalty shot is if there are two guys involved. On the AJ and Rudo agree scale, this is like the peak of it. Yeah. <laughs> the like, like hard agree that penalty. Yeah. Yeah. I I I'm I am super against that like I'm I don't mind a guy trying to do something. Yeah, to make a play, but not just oh I'm taking a penalty to take. But a sometimes you see guys like 
they turn the stick over and they reach out and you're like, this guy is trying so hard to hook this dude. <laughs> For sure. He gets, or, or like, you'll see him like take a whack, like right at the hands, like the one place they know that they're not allowed to do that. And you know that they're just trying to get away with one there. And it's I just mean, like, even, even Graves in this situation, not that egregious, but Graves knows he's not a great skater. He's so far behind that he has to dive to even come close. And yeah. that play only ends one way, man. Yeah. I'm uh, Graves. This, this is the, this is like the concern with Graves Yeah, is that, uh, when he's out there with Makar, he's going to be out there against some top players quite a bit, and asked to and, play a defensive role. Yeah, he's got to. He has to play like that. Should never happen. Nobody should get behind Ryan Graves. Yep, he should be playing in such a way that it just he he is understanding. Okay, of where everybody is, he has to play a very high IQ game. We talk about this all the time. He has to play a very smart game because of the physical limitations specifically with his feet. Yep. He cannot recover. He cannot do it. And yep. he does a he does a wonderful job of managing it like 95% of the time. It's just cleaning up those those couple of mistakes when guys get behind him. And you know sometimes great and and Jonathan March is a great offensive talent. Yep. So it's going to happen sometimes. But boy, it's it's already happened a couple times in the bubble. He really needs to clean it up. If it happens five minutes into a first period of a zero zero game, that's one thing. <laughs> if it happens in the third period of a two two game, yeah, you fell asleep. Different story. Yeah. Yep. You got you got caught napping in a in a big in a big spot. Yep. That's like this is a round robin game. This is for seeding. This is important, and we're gonna get to why, but. This is not like this could have been worse. This could be this could be something that costs you in a if, playoff series. If this is a game six, a game seven, <laughs> right? You're that you're Jake Gardner at that point. Oh. Like, <laughs> please don't, please don't have that happen. Right. So don't put that evil out there. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Clean it up now before you mm. become Jake Gardner. So definitely. That. So why does this matter, Rudo? Why, why, why do, does why the do care that it's the two seed? I mean, I care less about Arizona than you do, but the reality is there's a very good chance the Avs are going to have to go through St. Louis in the second round if they do get there instead of having Dallas as their second-round opponent or whoever beats Dallas. Um, it, they made the road to the conference finals significantly harder for themselves by not winning this game. Yep. So... Upside. Upside. Now they pissed. They mad. McKinnon, especially, I think, mad after this game. I I think that they want. I I think if they're able to 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 walk that path back to the conference finals, if they're able to get through Arizona yep. and then a potential St. Louis, and they get to Vegas, if they do that. One, they're going to be worn out because that's two just god awful miserable teams to play against. Sure, yeah, they're going to be so excited to play against the team that'll actually skate with them a little bit. Um, but no, I I think that this I think it's going. I, I think they're going to feel it, and I think that this is this is the good kind of adversity where they. 
they turned this into it, you nightmare don't wanna, fuel. You don't want to call it a grudge, but you get into the conference finals against yeah. Vegas, and this little clip is in the back of their head. Like, right? Remember they, these guys? Yeah, they want this one now. Now yeah. it's like it's like, hey, we were just here playing for seeding. They were in our way. They were the you know ah the whatever like, and now they're like. Not this time. Matt Calvert tried to fight their whole bench. Like (laughs) they, they want this. The dad energy that Matt Calvert has is just amazing. (laughs) He just wants he wants to fight the whole bench. Like I love leave my son alone. (laughs) Yeah, that dude. That dude, I I love Matt Calvert. Such dad energy. (laughs) He's afraid of nothing, and you know he would fight all those dudes wearing jeans if he could. Yes, I, dude, he'd wear a jean jacket and fight those dudes. Like, oh, he would like, like, just fully <laughs> denim out. Yeah, exactly. He's denim dad. He'd pull up on his like wannabe Harley. That's like the most dad bike you've ever seen. It's got the sidecar. Yeah, exactly. Right with his like Chihuahua with a helmet in it. Yes, <laughs> he definitely has a small dog. One hundred percent, Matt Calvert. <laughs> He's not only is he a denim daddy, but he has a small dog and a sidecar on his on his midlife crisis motorcycle. <laughs> that is the most accurate description I've ever heard. All right, we need we need a Photoshop of this immediately. Yeah, someone who has Photoshop skills, Matt. What's Calvert. guy up to? Yeah, there you go. Can we change our uh, our king of the game to Matt Calvert on a motorcycle with a chihuahua, <laughs> decked out in denim? Oh, I was just helping Nuggets are going live right now as well. Um, and I just checked back into Matt Calvert on a Chihuahua. Uh, no, Matt Calvert on a motorcycle with a sidecar <laughs> in which his Chihuahua is sitting, but he's all decked out in denim. Does this exist? It, it, it's gonna in the next 30 minutes. <laughs> it's funny that you you started this conversation and then left for it. I know. Well, because back at they the were... very end. As we got sidetracked. <laughs> and that made me very... Well, Nuggets guys didn't think they had audio, so I had to rush over and go make sure they were good. And then all of a sudden, I hear Matt Calvert in a chihuahua and was very confused. Look, he's a denim daddy, okay? Denim daddy <laughs> confirmed. No! Never say that again! No! We got denim daddy, and we have another guy I want to talk about here in Captain Daddy, Okay. Oh, AJ, I need, you, <laughs> I need you to put your foot down, Daddy. <laughs> I we've seen some conversation about how bad of a game Landis Gog had. I wouldn't say he played well, but yeah. let's not overreact here. Yeah, the let's stop talking about taking the the C away from him. Yeah, ridiculous. It's I. It's one game. Calm it down. Bring it down a couple levels, okay? <laughs> and Landy struggled today. I I do admit. Despite that, he hit the post twice. He could have had a two goal game with a three inch difference. Like, come on. You know, um, resisting the urge to say things, but yeah, yeah, I know. I said three inch difference. We yeah, okay. Look, I, I need just... you guys to clean it up. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> it's a Saturday the, show. The irony is that she started it. I'm saying. She didn't mean to, but she started it. I did not say daddy. I just said he gives off dad vibes. <laughs> Let me get that clear. 
<laughs> okay. Anyway, um, yeah. I <laughs> it's a bad play in overtime. Yeah, yeah. Like I, it's it's a bad play in overtime, man. That's Alex what it is. Tuck, my boy, by the way. If someone had to do it, I'm glad it was Tuck. Uh, great shot from him. Ends yeah. Up. But <laughs> um, I honestly, honestly though, like it's it's a bad play by him. It's also it's it's a bad play by Gerard to just continue yeah. to circle and circle. Like, what are you a vulture, dude? Come on, attack! This feels like the pendulum has swung the other way for the Avs in three on three overtime. They Way were, too patient. Yeah, eighteen nineteen. They were like, "Oh God, get rid of the puck immediately!" Terrible. Right. They now were treating it like five on five because they were shooting it like regular shots on goal. Yep. They weren't patient. They weren't trying to make plays. And now they're trying to make the perfect play. They're and it's blowing up in their face they just end up the with same way. No shots on goal instead yeah. of anything to show for it. Yeah, so. at fifteen, at fifteen seconds, uh, at twenty five seconds or whatever, they needed to just. If, if Gerard's yeah. not gonna, if he's not gonna seriously try and 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 look for something, he needs to he needs to pull the he needs to pull the puck out, and they need to just wait for the shootout at that point. You clearly, Take your chances there. Just stop with this. You spent the last minute and a half eating it. Finish the job. Finish the Ser- burrito. Seriously, like okay, you guys were you guys were looking around. You were trying to find the perfect play. You didn't. Now you're into the final seconds of the period. Just eat it, like. I think that was my biggest annoyance out of the whole game was that it was just the situational awareness of this team continues to be terrible and frustrating. And it always shows up worst in overtime that look, this is a really, it's a really skilled team. It's, it's, a it's, they, they can do a lot of different things, but sometimes they just play dumb hockey and it always rears its head in three on three where you have to play smart. You have to play safe. You know, you'll notice Vegas had a two on, had a two on one that on one. Uh, yeah. Well, they had a two on one that Grubauer had to make a, make a save on a three on one where he didn't. Cause the puck slipped off his stick. Yep. Like the, the, <laughs> the as patient as they tried to play, they played like crap in three on three and it just continues. They, they Honestly, patiently waited to turn the puck over with two guys below the goal line is what they've waited to do. Like Three on three is their daddy. The true. Good call. And the good news there is never have to play it again in the 1920 bubble season. Yeah, so. it's done. Yeah, they're done. Now they get to play five on five. They might be the only team in the league that's like, nah, we'll, we'll take five on five. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Even even when penalties get called, they'll still we'll take five on five. <laughs> just just keep it. It's it's good. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Abs officially second seed will yeah. play Arizona. Final thoughts on so far the round robins, AJ. Um, I'm ready. I'm ready, man. I'm ready for them to have an up close audition for why Taylor Hall should take less money and come to Colorado. There you go. Prove that they are the cup contenders in the West. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to watch Taylor Hall because he was an animal in that Nashville series. I'm excited for him to go all out and then the Avs to just swallow him up just and be like, bop him. Yeah. You see what a good team does? <laughs> now come join the good team. 
You've been in Edmonton. You've been in New Jersey. Let us right. show you. You've been in Arizona. Could just <laughs> knock it off with these pretenders. <laughs> Let's come win a Stanley Cup. All right. Perfect. There you have it. Win, 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 win there with the Amps playing Arizona. That's going to do it for today's show. Be sure. Oh, Allie's got one more thing. Allie's got another dad joke. Here we go. No, I don't have another dad joke, but uh, just an amazing tweet that I have to share. We started something, guys. I'm not proud of it, um, but this is this is a thing right now. <laughs> yes. Perfect. <laughs> Look at AJ. This is what this is the energy I need in my Avs Twitter life. Okay. Well, with that, you you can wrap up. I just needed to make sure we got that on there. That's oh. so accurate. <laughs> All it's all it's missing is actual denim instead of the the leather. The but leather, yeah, <laughs> that's otherwise what we were talking about. That's Matt Calvert in there. Yep, guaranteed. Oh, amazing! <laughs> all right, well, that's perfect. On that note, for more Matt Calvert denim motorcycles, be sure to tune in Monday. We'll have Evan back on the show. We're going to do full on predictions for round one of the playoffs. So. Be sure to tune in for that and then laugh at us all when we get them all wrong again. Oh, my God. <laughs> AJ still can't handle that tweet. No, I'm, I'm, I just flipped back into Twitter where we're having a Jared Bednar is incompetent conversation. Okay. Okay. That means it's time to sign off. Thank you, everyone, for watching. We will be Jesus back Christ. on Monday. Have a good rest of your weekend. <laughs>